Hi everyone, I'm Gary Nall. Nice to have you with us today. We begin our program today by taking a look at something that, well, would benefit all of us, and that is the omega-3 fatty acids, and especially used for treating migraine headaches. This is according to the National Sun Yat-sen University in Taiwan. The American Society for Nutrition Journal advanced in nutrition, reported results of a meta, meaning many studies, which revealed compelling evidence that high doses of the omega-3 fatty acids, especially the DHA and the EPA fractions, can be a first choice for treating migraine and preventing it as well. They used over 6,600 participants who suffered from episodic, chronic, and non-specified migraines, and they used the omega-3 fatty acids and it made a substantial difference against the placebo. So, good news, something natural, non-toxic, you can use preventatively each day to take the EPA, DHA, the omega-3 fatty acids. I would suggest taking the DHA at more than 250 milligrams. That's where you get your best benefits. A separate study, and this is from the University of Portsmouth in the United Kingdom and the University of Hong Kong, found that there are natural compounds that could be promising new alternatives for colon cancer. Colon cancer is a major killing cancer. A new study has discovered a naturally occurring compound found in fruit has the potential to be effective as an alternative treatment for colon cancer. The disease, by the way, which affects the large intestine remains a significant global health concern and it's ranked as the third most common cancer worldwide. Of course, if you're on a healthy plant-based diet and you have 35 to 50 grams of quality fiber in your diet each day, if you don't have alcohol or coffee, both of which contribute to inflammation, which then can lead to cancer, uh, that's good. But a team of International scientists from the universities of Portsmouth and Hong Kong have found that a polyphenol, polyphenol known as SCHB, exhibits a remarkable anti-tumorigenic effect on colon cancer. The compound is found in the fruit of, let me spell this for you, Schisandra, S-C-H-I-S-A-N-D-R-A, and uh, Chinesil, or C-H-I-N-E-N-S-I-S. Chinesis, also known as magnolia, or five-flavor berry. You might find it as a five-flavor berry, which is native to the forests of northern China and Russia in the Far East and Korea. And wild varieties are also found in Japan, and it's been used for a long time in plant-based foods and in drinks. Well, existing research has shown that this SCHB has anti-cancer properties in liver, breast, ovarian, gastric, and gallbladder cancers. But until now, the mechanisms underlying the anti-tumorigenic effect of SHB in colon cancer has not been fully understood. And, uh, but it was found to benefit in, because of its polyphenol and the form of that polyphenol with high tumor killing capacity and high degree of uh, being specific on colorectal cancer. 
now treats different stages of colon cancer, especially more effective for the late stage of colon cancers. And it was shown to be virtually non-toxic against normal cells compared to current available drugs. So something good, something that helps us. Now from the university, major university, the Linköping University in Sweden, physical fitness in adolescence is linked to less atherosclerosis in middle age. Once again, something early in life can help prevent or predict diseases later in life. So the more active that we can keep our children, the better. The less obesity, the less depression, getting them in green space outdoors, that's very important. Just let kids be kids. Let them play. Let them run and yell and scream and wrestle and build little forts and all the other things that all of us did when we were young. It's really healthy for them. But here's what it says specifically. Men who were physically fit when they were young had a lower risk of atherosclerosis almost 40 years later. How about that? This was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine, and it suggested that atherosclerosis is one of the mechanisms behind the link between physical activity and cardiovascular disease. The more physically active you are, the less cardiovascular disease you suffer from. And our next study comes from Texas A&M University. And it indicates students' cognitive functioning improves when using standing desks. So a lot of people don't like to stand and work at a desk. However, it's been shown in multiple studies much healthier. A new study from the Texas A&M Health Center of Sciences indicates that standing, you do better. And this was published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, and it provides the first evidence of neurocognitive benefits from stand height desks in classrooms, where students are given the choice to stand or sit based upon their preferences to measure neurocognitive benefits and access, uh, access, access executive functions. Executive function, by the way, are cognitive skills we all use to analyze tasks and break them into steps and keep them in mind. How we, how we structure things, how we create systems to get something done, that's cognitive skills. And when you stand, it's better. Also memory facts, better. And our final study comes from Harvard School of Public Health. Melatonin may lower prostate cancer risk. Higher levels of melatonin, and we all know that that's a hormone involved in the sleep-wake cycle, may suggest decreased risk of developing advanced prostate cancer. Just a little background on this. Melatonin is a hormone that is produced exclusively at night in the dark and a very important output of the circadian rhythm. Melatonin can also play a role in regulating a range of other hormones that influence certain cancers, including breast and prostate cancer. In this research, they say that the results show that uh, melatonin makes a big difference in the sleep-wake cycle, and that can have an impact upon prostate cancer. So, good news. I would suggest that you, if you're having trouble sleeping, melatonin is really good, taken about two hours before 
but it can help you. All right, and one last little quick study from Texas A&M University. The more you spend in time in green space, the better your mental health. And that's important. Got to get out. Now, of course, you live in the New York City or its boroughs. You have parks in all those areas. You've got the water in many. But just, you know, I always go to Central Park or Riverside Park. It's really calming and it's healthy. Now, if you're able to live in the country, that's even better. And more and more Americans are opting to move to more natural environments. And by the way, they took a look at 61 million adults, uh, outpatients, and they took a look at depression, bipolar disorders, stress, and anxiety, and they found that all those are improved the more time you spend in green space. That's the latest on health and healing. We're going to take a break and come right back. Please stay with us. And welcome back, everyone. I'm Gary Nall. That was Frankie Lyman. What a voice. In fact, I select all the music and I spent time with Ryan, our new engineer, over from Cousin Brucey. I didn't know he worked at Cousin Brucey. And I'm thinking, what's Gary's last name? And he said, Lyman. <laughs> How do you know that? Well, it turns out, He's an expert on all that old music, which a lot of us appreciate. And in any case, uh, it's your turn to talk back on a lot of issues today. And I've selected issues and commentaries that create a whole spectrum of interest. For example, I would imagine that most people, if you stop them on the street and you didn't ask them their politics or religion or ethnicity or cultural background and simply said, do you believe that a child's life is sacred? Probably 100% would say yes. Then if you said, are the Palestinian children's lives sacred? That's where suddenly there would be a divide. I still believe that most reasonable people would say, of course. <laughs> a child's a child. They're innocent. Okay. And there'd be some because of ideological uh, preferences would say, well, no, the parents support Hamas, and as a result, Hamas is a terrorist group, and so no, I, I can't, you know, it's just going to have to be collateral damage. Oh, I see collateral damage. Okay. I'm going to play a clip. Um, in studio, we're going to the clip of the U.S. congressman, shocking comments on Gaza children. Now, this is a congressman stopped by a reporter and simply ask about, you know, what do you think of the children in Gaza? Here's what he had to say. It's only five seconds long. Listen carefully to what he has to say. You have I've seen the footage of, You've seen footage of shredded children's bodies. And that's my taxpayer dollars. I'm going, going to bomb those kids. So I think we should kill them all, if that makes you feel better. Everybody, Yes. Okay, you heard him say that. We're not making it up. What do you think of the children in Gaza being bombed? Quote, I think we should kill them all. Now, a lot of people voted for that legislator. If you were one and you didn't know these were his real thoughts, imagine what else he has a bias against that you're not aware of or support for something that you wouldn't be in support of. On tomorrow's program, I'm going to spend the first half at the beginning 
talking about what the new science, post-vaccine science shows, 3,550 studies and counting. These are independent scientists at major universities publishing in peer-reviewed journals, showing that virtually everything you were told, everything you were told about COVID was a lie. Now, was it intentionally a lie? Or was it, was there a deeper, you know, um, pattern of just going along with something without doing your homework? Well, I didn't know. I, who knew? Who knew? If you're the average citizen, well, how would I know what the outcome of the studies uh, were of the humans tested? I didn't know that. Well, no one did because they kept it secret. In fact, it was so important to keep it secret, they had the FDA lobbying on their behalf to keep it secret for the next 75 years. You do realize that no administration, not Trump, not Biden, not Obama, and uh, none of them have allowed the JFK assassination uh, documents to be made public. After all these years, 1963 to now, why wouldn't they allow that information? Because it would show the CIA was complicit. Well, if it was complicit, then what else has it been complicit in? Remember, friends, think of this. How you do one thing is generally how you're going to do everything on a spectrum. So if the CIA, which it was, was involved in the Kennedy assassination and the Martin Luther King assassination and the Robert Kennedy assassination, what else had been involved in? We know, for example, that the FBI... And this is a matter of documentation under con congressional uh, testimony. Infiltrated every Black Panther group in America, every environmental group in America, every anti-war group in America. And what other groups? Anyone who challenges COVID, you can bet they're involved. How much disinformation do they share that then is passed on and then is used against people? Well, you said this, and that's why I don't get any of my information from those sources. That's where you have to talk with people one-on-one -on because -one, you don't know who to believe today. But would you trust that person, a person that says that a child, a baby, his life? Kill him. He's not saying protect him. He's saying kill them all. You're talking about over a million and a half deaths. That's a massive, that exceeds Rwanda genocide. And yet that person will not be criticized in any media in the United States based upon their political party and their political allegiance. How did we get here? Well, I have an upcoming interview, two parts, part one and part two, with Dr. David Martin. Who's David Martin? He is without exception the most insightful, articulate, knowledgeable person on the truth behind COVID because he is the world's leading experts on following patents. Because who owns the patent owns the proprietary rights. You can either make a vaccine that is for peace or you can make a vaccine that is weaponized, gain a function, which is a biological agent. He knows that. And in this two-part series, I'm going to show you, and he does this with all of his talks, he puts up every scientific article, every patent, so you actually see the patent, so he's not guessing, it's not a conspiracy theorist. But no one else has done this. No one in the world has done this. He alone has done this. 
And that's what I'm going to do a special on him in about three weeks. But here's a little coming attraction. This is a clip of David Martin. Listen carefully. Of He's naming names. Who's behind all this? And some of them are familiar. You can agree or disagree with him. These are his opinions. Let's go to the clip on Dr. David Martin. Foundation, which most people don't realize was an undisclosed settlement between the U.S. Department of Justice and the Gates convicted felony antitrust violations, right? This was not, there was an allegation Microsoft did bad things. This is a, they were convicted of antitrust crimes. Quite mysteriously, the Gates Foundation just shows up and instantaneously starts laundering money into, are you ready for this? The World Health Organization. If you look at the financial statements, beginning with the Gates Foundation, when it was established, you start seeing an anomaly. It used to be that UN associated organizations, and specifically the World Health Organization, had two line items for most countries. The country, through an organization like the State Department or through a line item budget, would allocate money to the World Health Organization. And then there's the corporation for the same country, and there's another allocation coming from there. But with Wellcome Trust, Rockefeller Foundation, and Gates Foundation, and the minor players like the Bloomberg Foundation and a couple others now, but mostly the top three, suddenly we actually have the formation of what we called the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board. Well, who's sitting on that? Dr. Elias from the Gates Foundation, Anthony Fauci from NIAID, you know, Jeremy Farr from the Wellcome Trust. I mean, this is a criminal conspiracy. And I'm not saying that from the standpoint of conspiracy theory. I'm saying that from the definition of what it means to be a criminal conspiracy. And so if you ask the question, which is a legitimate thing to do, was the FDA, was the CDC following orders from the WHO? The answer is asterisk almost. But who were they really following orders from? And that's where you get into the nasty answer, which is the answer was that interlocking directorate, that violation of antitrust laws, that corporate machine, not health, not, you know, we're out for the good of humanity, that corporate criminal conspiratorial organization that was guilty at the time of racketeering, was guilty at the time of interlocking directorates, all felonies, was guilty at the time of price fixing, another felony, which was guilty at the time of actually suppressing commercial alternatives, which is called market allocation, another felony. That criminal organization announced that it was going to take over the world, and they did. But we have to name the names. It wasn't just the World Health Organization. Anybody thinks that Tedros is smart enough to pull this off is delusional. He's a puppet. And there's a giant stick up his ass, which is what's making his mouth move. But who's moving the stick for the puppet? And that is Welcome, Gates, and Rockefeller. By 2023, which is kind of where we are right now, Gates represents 88% of the donation to the World Health Organization from donor organizations and agencies. By any definition, that's a controlling interest. So is it independent? No. Is it the World Health Organization nonprofit in Switzerland? No. This even violates Swiss law. Everything I'm saying is a violation of Swiss law. If we think about how bizarre it is that we have the essentially the extension of the Carnegie Foundation's eugenics office, which they put at Cold Spring Harbor Labs back in the early 1900s. 
the continuation of that with the explicit inclusion of that as an agenda in the 1950s when the World Health Organization gets off the ground. The ongoing nature of Bill Gates getting up and talking about how there's too many people on the earth and Bloomberg and others getting up and saying we need to figure out how to control populations. In 2011, when we had the Decade of the Vaccines publication come out of the Global Preparedness Monitoring Board, we had a very explicit statement that said that if we have vaccinations where we need them, we will actually see potentially as much as a 20% reduction in the population on earth. Those are not allegations. Those are stated objectives. That's just giving you a little glimpse, a coming attraction of what he's going to roll out in 55 minutes on the Progressive Commentary on about three weeks from now. And by the way, tonight's Progressive Commentary Hour is a real, uh, it's a a wake-up call. The world's leading authority on censorship. He's not politically aligned, but he's going to lay out how artificial intelligence in other uh, ways, will be censoring virtually everything because it will be defaulted to on what is the truth. And of course, they'll say, well, artificial intelligence is not politically biased. It's completely politically biased. I'm going to deal with that on tomorrow's program. So what you have is you have artificial intelligence determining what the truth is, and that's coming from Google and other sources that uh, have created artificial intelligence, but every bias, every limitation, every fear, every dysfunction within the people, and we're talking about tens of thousands of programmers, it's now an artificial intelligence. We just saw that when artificial intelligence, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you a clip tomorrow, the woman who heads the division of Google that determines it's ethics, and she believes that her woke culture, and this was passed through multiple departments and approved by Google, it was okay to exclude everything white. And we've seen the hate mongers, we've seen the race hustlers, we've seen the identity politics just rip apart societies because you're white, you're evil, you're entitled. Really? What kind of moronic thought is that? Let me show you millions of whites in Appalachia and all across this country who cannot feed their children. 16 million of them. Are they entitled to what? To disdain? To distemper? To attacks? Well, obviously some people feel that that's just a growing business. And it's one way to divide people. Divide and conquer. No one seems to appreciate that. But that's what's going on. And the people behind all this, they make money, they get more profit, and they have more control when they have artificial intelligence do everything for you. Now then take a look at not all people by any means, not even the majority, but how many tens of millions of people would be more than willing to have everything in their life done for them. So they don't have to read a book, they don't have to think, they don't have to research, they don't have to do anything but be a passive spectator through life. Is that the kind of person whose judgment you're going to trust? Are they going to do the right thing? No. But those who do the right thing on a daily basis, they may be a minority, but they have voices that are strong. And thank goodness we're hearing from them now. And by the way, just a shout out to all of you 
over 8,000 of you who joined me in that march to Washington, D.C. over a 10-day period. Talk about a hassle, but also talk about some brilliant people, strategists, including uh, Dr. Broner's grandson who funded it. You know, uh, we got to have showers for people. Okay, and here are all these portable trucks that had showers for women and men, and we got to have food, vegan food, and it had trucks that would feed people all day long who were in that march. I mean, every every single thing was done to make it happen. And the people went from New York and then the cities clear down to Washington, D.C., sharing information on the dangers of GMOs. It was all about GMOs. In fact, Consumer Reports was right there. We filmed them. They were in the booth beside me out in Prospect Park. And earlier that day, we met with Helen Caldicott and others against uh, trying to close down the nuclear power plants um, over in Riverside Park. So we went from Riverside Park in a big protest that about 2,000 people in this audience attended. They didn't have to. They chose to. Good for you. And then you came over to Prospect Park. In fact, uh, we had um, Grace Aaron and Summer Reese from Pacificus National Board who saw what we were doing. And I suggested you could get other Pacifica stations, because it was BAI, and uh, to help do these kind of things in other cities. In any case, uh, we did it, you did it, and we ended up in Washington, D.C., right across the street uh, from the White House. And it, interesting because we, speakers were flown in from around the United States for that one big final rally <clears throat> to try to get members of Congress to open hearings on genetically modified food. But we didn't have anyone in the House or Senate as the leaders of both, and they determined what gets a panel, what gets a hearing, and who's invited and who's not. That's why I said for 22 years, the truth of how corrupt different corporations and different governmental agencies were was never allowed to be a challenge. Now, we've recorded at least 100 members uh, like Marcus of the Homeland Security who says the borders are secure. No, they're not. And by intent, they're not. Is anyone apologizing to the businesses that have gone broke, the people who've been killed, raped? No. No. That, once again, it's like the guy in Congress saying, you know, kill them all. Well, let them all in. You know, well, what about the good ones? You, you're counting the good ones with the bad, the gang members? It's just stupid. And it's all political, all the ideological. Well, David Martin's just going to rip all that apart for you and deconstruct it in a methodical way. No one else can do that because he's the only one who's done the homework on it. Now, we also told you over two years ago when we interviewed a mortician, what he was finding, the clots. Now, why is this important for all of you who've been vaccinated? And this is not to scare you. This is to inform you. This is not a criticism. It's an observation that what started then with a mortician finding these long, white, rubbery clots that he had never seen in his 25 years as a mortician. And then he talked to other morticians, and then they all found the same thing. And then all across the world, morticians that embalm people, prepare the body for burial, they found they couldn't put in formaldehyde, embalming food in the body because there were these clots. And I said at the time, the closest we have found is these are self-organizing 
nanoparticles that were part of the lipid compound that got the vaccine at the site. But then we thought that they would just dissolve, be taken up by the body through phagocytosis. Didn't happen. They stayed and stayed and stayed and then started forming both the venous system and the arterial system. And then people started to drop dead of heart attacks. Well, they didn't look in the veins. They looked at the heart. All the heart stopped. Heart attack. Or they had a stroke. Now, a normal clot's tiny. And you can squish between your thumb and forefinger, and it just like turns like a purple gel, uh, jelly. And these are not that. And they'll some are six feet long. Most are probably 24 inches long. You only need an inch to block an artery. So they take a time to grow. And the more vaccines you've had or boosters, the more they grow. And now this is the unintended consequence. I'm sure no one intended this. I'm sure that they just didn't take their time, take seven or eight years to deal with this. They took weeks, bypassed every safeguard. And then when they saw the terrible effects, they hid it. And that's a matter of proof of document all that on tomorrow's show, giving the citations. So now the question is, do you have these growing in your veins and arteries? And you won't know it until you have a heart attack or stroke. So my suggestion is that you get a full examination, cardiovascular examination, but also have your vessels, all of your veins and arteries to see if there's any of these self-organizing clots present. Now, the good news is that there are some things we can do, and I'm inviting on the physicians and scientists who have created the protocols to help minimize the effects of the spike protein, to stop it, get it out of the body. Because there's another thing. Oh, the spike protein only lasts a few days, a week at the most. No, the damn stuff doesn't go away. They did a month, one month. It was still there. Two months, still there. Three months, still producing. What do you think is going to happen? And I warned you, I at least 50 times I said on the air, never get a vaccine if you have a, a, this, vac this vaccine, if you have autoimmune condition, because it's going to overstimulate the immune system because it, when it hits the cell, it starts producing spike protein. And that doesn't turn itself off. Well, your immune system, if you have autoimmune condition like lupus, arthritis, multiple sclerosis, it's already a five-alarm fire, 24-7. What happens when you double that, treble that? Your immune system is going to collapse. You're going to have organ collapse, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Have they warned you? No. Did they know this? Yes. Was it published in an article in a peer-reviewed journal, a major medical? Yes. And no one paid attention. I'm going to share you that article with you tomorrow. They knew this was happening, but money was more important in controlling the narrative. And once you're in to a lie, you got to keep it going. Because we're not talking about a criminal action. We're talking about literally a, an action of genocide. So, you were the first to hear this of any radio show in America. I want to bring you up to date on this. For those of you who may doubt what I'm saying is not authentic and why you should pay really careful attention. And by the way, uh, tomorrow we're going to have a whole list of people, young influencers, who were paid $1,000. Did you know that they were paid $1,000 by the administration in order to go out and promote vaccination to their millions of followers by getting it themselves? 
Well, they got the money and they went out and got vaccinated. Tomorrow, you're going to see them dying. You're going to see them in their hospital beds. You're going to see them terrified. Normally, that would be absolutely true. Where they were completely healthy and now they have this going on. All right? You're going to see that tomorrow. It's called turbo cancers. Cancers that we've never seen in human history. Oncologists, experienced oncologists, have never seen this. They've never seen a cancer grow this fast. Some cases, you're diagnosed in the morning and you're dead at that same cancer at night. How's that possible? That's not humanly possible. But it is because it's genetically engineered. There's a different set of rules what they do in the body. We're having people who had been in remission from successful cancer treatments. Now that's come back. I... I uh, know a nurse who's been practicing about 30 years, whose husband is a medical doctor. And when I was talking with this person, I said, did you do all your homework on vaccines? Oh, yeah, look, my husband's a physician. He wouldn't be recommending a vaccine if we didn't have all the evidence that it was important uh, to us and safe and effective. Okay, now, get a call. Gary, uh, how is this possible? I'm a nurse. I know <laughs> no cancer. I'm diagnosed with a stage 3 going into stage 4 breast cancer when I had no symptoms at all. Now I've got this. What do I do? Okay, I'm helping that person. The good news is that after two months of a new protocol that personnel has no cancer in them. But she'll tell her story in the near future by coming on the air. What it means to be married to a doctor who refuses to do their homework. And uh, at least he's honest about it now. So let's go to this clip on white clots. Everyone should be concerned about this. Everyone. Well, a warm welcome to this talk, and I'm delighted to welcome Mr. Richard Hirschman from Alabama. Now, Richard was one of the first embalmers in the world to notice these white blood clots and to start photographing them and taking notice of them, a new pathology. Richard, thank you very much for coming on the video. Thank you, Jan. John. I'm glad to be here. Now, you're actually a professional uh, embalmer, Richard. H how many bodies a year will you uh, embalm? Well, I'm a trade embalmer, so that varies depending on, um, you know, how busy the funeral home is and if they want to call me or not. But uh, I probably embalm at least uh, 300 plus bodies a year. Sometimes I've embalmed up to uh, 650 in a year. And how long have you been embalming for? I started the uh, profession back in 2001. Um, I, re I recall being in the funeral home as an apprentice when 9-11 happened. Um, so it's been, it's been a long time. Now, I finished mortuary school in 2004 and became duly licensed. You know, we have to do an apprenticeship first before we can, uh, before we can take our uh, national board exams. Now, you first saw these clots early 2021. March or April time 2021. Have you ever seen anything like these white clots before in your entire 23 year career? No, John, I haven't. And uh, I remember the 
kind of the earlier times of when I first saw it, I, I was shocked and I just, you know, kind of overlooked it as a strange anomaly. Um, but when I started seeing it more and more often as the year went along, I started asking other embalmers and, and professionals that I work around and with, had they ever seen it? Some of these people had up to, uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 years of experience, and uh, none of them had uh, witnessed these types of clots either. So it's interesting, Richard. So far, I've spoken to three medical professors, about half a dozen doctors and uh, at least one pathologist, and none of them have seen anything like this before. They simply hadn't seen it. This seems to be a completely new pathology that's being identified. Now, had you seen any of these clots in 2020, prior to 2021, in the first year of the pandemic in 2020? No, I did not. Um, I did notice towards the end of the year of the second half, more in the fall and the winter, I did notice an increase of clotting issues, but they were more typical clots, you know, the uh, grape jelly-like clots that, uh, that, that we sometimes would run into. But you've seen these type of clots for your entire career. It's these new white clots that you first saw in 2021. That's correct. And um, I, when I only had three images on my phone, I, I brought it to my doctor's attention and he too had never seen anything like it. And he was so shocked that he brought another doctor into the office to look at these pictures. And the two times that I visited him after that, he was always asking about the clots, but uh, he could never explain it. Now, of course, it's interesting to try and correlate the onset of these clots that you first saw in March, April 2021. Just out of interest, when did the COVID-19 vaccine rollout begin in Alabama in your area? Right around here, it was probably uh, January of 2021. And uh, John O'Looney had put out a video later on in 2021 somewhere in the fall and when he described what he was seeing in his funeral home it was the same thing i was seeing and that was a huge influx in january of 2021 it's the busiest i'd ever been in my career now of course we interviewed john o'looney recently on this program and he's a undertaker in barmer in england and you're in alabama so we've got the same phenomena, these white clots, starting at the same time on two different continents. It's almost as if there's some common cause that's caused the clots to occur in England and in the United States at essentially the same time. Right. You know, when he was talking about his, um, his experience, now he didn't show any pictures or images but when I saw his video in, uh, it was probably around maybe October of 2021, I realized that it wasn't just me over here in Alabama, that this was reaching uh, all the way over there in the UK. 
And when he talked about his embalmer seeing clots like, you know, the clotting issues were really, really bad. Uh, my thought was, these are not your typical clots. They're different. So we know that fairly early in 2021, these clots were occurring in Alabama and uh, England. Yes, they were occurring when the vaccines were given. It's directly, unequivocally due to the vaccines. As you know, people die of clotting all the time, but these are small clots, ischemic or cardiovascular. This is different because these are white, they're long, they're stringy, they're rubbery. You can stretch them. They don't dissolve. Warfarin will not dissolve them. And, uh, and after all this time, morticians around the world, pathologists around the world, people doing autopsies around the world have come to the conclusion that this is not just bad, brand new, never before seen in history, but in many cases, as many as 75 to 80% of the people who die have these clots in them. Wow. Now, project 5 billion people getting the vaccines. Let's just say that half of those get the two first two vaccines and two boosters. The more you get, the quicker you die. The percentages are there. I'm going to go over the percentages tomorrow. They are astronomical. But it's important you understand that no one can acknowledge this because if you acknowledge this, this is world, worse than any world war. Total casualties, civilian and, and the military personnel combined. And what could happen over the next, let's say, five years could be, theoretically, we could lose almost a billion people if this same statistical uh, analysis plays out. What are they going to do then? Will anyone apologize? Will they be held accountable on any level for dissem disseminating misinformation? I don't know. We'll see. All I can tell you is two things are happening now we've never had happen. Turbo brain cancers, turbo cancers. We've never seen this in the history of oncology. This is the latest. This is from Global Research. Dr. William Makis, quote, Turbo brain cancer due to co university COVID-19 vaccine mandates in the United States. And then it shows people. First picture you have, and I, I posted this today on PRN.live in our archives. A woman, you see her in a hospital. You see her outside the hospital. I'm Leanne. I'm a 35-year-old female who was recently diagnosed with a very large tumor on left frontal uh, lobe. And then it goes into it. And here's what she says, quote, I believe this tumor is a direct result of the COVID vaccine, which I never wanted and immediately stopped getting shots of after I was no longer mandated to have it anymore by the school and would not have to worry about facing any uh, consequences such as uh, not being able to uh, uh, stay on campus if I didn't have it. If the vaccine wasn't the cause I still believe that it may have significantly contributed to what has happened. That's just one of the testimonies. And there's person after person after person after person. Now, you know those influencers? Same thing. In fact, it's, it's, 
it really touches your heart because you see an influencer, maybe 18 years old, maybe 20 years old, has got five or 10 million followers, and they're an influencer. They're paid to try to influence their audience to eat a particular food, to buy a particular product, to go to a particular resort. And they got $1,000 that no one knew about if they promoted the vaccine, COVID vaccine, and they did. Now we're seeing so many of these influencers dying of cancers or myocarditis. And you see one of them in particular was in the hospital and uh, she said, I'm dying and I'm terrified and I'm young. I should be living, not dying. It's the vaccines. But why is the media will not do a story on this? Why is 60 Minutes, Dateline, Nightline, 2020, why is no one interviewing these people and saying they were completely healthy, had no risk factors at all, and now they're dying at 17, 20. What about soccer players? So you see, it frequently tells us a lot on who you cannot criticize and who you cannot support. And who you cannot criticize is almost always the person you should be looking extremely diligently at. Just saying this. And finally, the last clip I'm going to play today is for that man in Congress who said, kill all of the children, the Palestinian children in Gaza. Well, at the hearings in The Hague, Ireland's Attorney General told the court that Israel has exceeded the limits of self-defense following the October 7th attack. International law limits the use of force in self-defense to no more than what is necessary and proportionate. Ireland's view is that these limits have been exceeded by Israel in its military response to the Hamas attack. This is manifest from the spiralling death toll, the extensive destruction of property, including homes throughout Gaza, the displacement of up to two million people, and the ensuing humanitarian catastrophe. Ireland has repeatedly called for a ceasefire, and we are dismayed by the implications that these latest hostilities in Gaza may have for the prospect of resolving the wider Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Iran's representative listed a series of measures that he says constitute... Bring it down. So there you have judges at an international court condemning this. What did we do last week? The United Nations Security Council voted unanimously for a ceasefire immediately, except for one country that said no, the United States, Joe Biden and the administration, our State Department. As a result, that's giving a tacit approval to Netanyahu to continue killing massive amounts of people. Official death count of innocent civilians, not Hamas, is over 30,000. Unofficial is probably triple that because of all the people that were killed in buildings and bodies have not been recovered, never will be recovered. It'll be bulldozed. So what is the purpose if you're making the entire West Bank uninhabitable? So you can bring in your bulldozers, clear it all off, and bring that over to the settlers in the West Bank that has also seen West Bank settlers killing people with impunity. And we, f we showed films of this. 
I do not see why it must be one or the other. I believe that we should be seeking peace, a peaceful resolution with independence and sanctity of life for both the Palestinian people and the Israeli people. Both lives are value. All children are value. Just my opinion. I'd like to hear from you now. 888-874-4888. That's 888-874-4888. And while you're thinking about calling in and what you'd like to share with us, I just want to follow up with my comments yesterday. On yesterday's program, it was a sad day for me because I had to finally acknowledge that I've come to the end of what I'm able to do to help uh, WBAI after, in just two weeks, 48 years. And as I mentioned, the final straw was that people were not getting their premiums in a timely manner or at all. Some were, but many weren't. And I can't blame and will not blame the, the station manager or the program director because they're understaffed. They're fighting just to have enough money raised to pay for electric. But we have to realize that the foundation controls the purse strings. The foundation is the legal entity. And therefore, the foundation should, in my opinion, be supporting all five of the Pacifica stations by seeing that they have a development director that would be a professional person who's used to raising money, finding the best premiums, for an artist, it might be a concert, it might be a lecture. Or, in fact, I brought in Peter Max, my close friend for all these years, though now he has to mention. But um, I actually got Peter to agree to donate 200 original, not copies, not lithographs, signed original paintings. We went over to his warehouse one day. His son, Peter, a friend of mine, and myself, and Peter says, well, what do you want? And I went around and I selected some really nice paintings. We're talking about two and $300,000 per painting. And he was going to donate them to the station and then the foundation. Then all five stations would do a fundraiser and have famous people that Peter knew. I mean, Peter has a Rolodex of everyone famous because they were all you know, wanting to get their $300,000 portraits done by him. In any case, uh, no one called back. I called, I wrote, called, wrote, called, wrote. I said, this is a chance to earn $10 million for the foundation and no expenses to you. Never happened. Right up until the day it was supposed to happen, and finally Peter called and said, I don't think they are going to do this. And I said, you're right, Peter. Sorry. I can only tell you how many times there's been an effort to help everyone. And based upon the politics of who's in positions or their competency, People made their choices. They have a right to that choice, but wow, could it have been done differently? Here's just the latest. This just came in five minutes ago. I won't give the person's name, but this is a uh, this is a person, and again, sent to Sharon, quote, Bertolt, please get in touch with me about this. She's been waiting since November and has not been able to contact anyone at BAI. Uh, nothing was ever sent. And this is from Vernice. Um, on Linden Boulevard. Bernice, we're going to get you a premium, even if we have to send it out, as I've done so many times, I can't count out of my own office. What's happening? What's happening is that the station lost its audience. The station lost its, its relevance. 
Going back about 25 years, 26 years ago, there was a coup, and this is the outcome, the slow and inevitable outcome, and a lot of different changes in what they thought the station should be and what the audience wants. And if you want to go broke, and if you want to lose your audience, program programs they don't want to listen to. You want a successful audience, program things they want to hear, even if you and your politics don't want to align with that. We've had some good managers. We've had some outstanding hosts and producers, still do. But the audience isn't there. And the audience that is there has had too many times where they've been promised premiums and not delivered at all or very late. And then they're not going to pitch, they're not going to pledge in the future. So I've helped raise over $50 million for the stations. And I would raise another 50 if I could, but I can't. Uh, we're down to nothing, and my own show has been cannibalized. I doubt I have a thousand listeners today, and that's unfortunate. That was unnecessary, but I have no control over that. The foundation is responsible and should look carefully about how they want to support the stations by giving them the staff and the budgets they need to have proper fundraising, not overraising, and only have about 15 people who are all capable of having a a response from the audience. I think that's important. And unfortunately, um, when you don't have anything like that, then whoever has an audience and raises money is going to have to keep doing it over. And I've told them, I, I, you should read the emails I have. I have hundreds of emails. Stop playing my premiums. Stop. You're overplaying them. You're oversaturating. You know, and yet they'll say, and from their side, I understand. Gary, 90, 95% of our Producers are not pledging anything, including a very famous one, hasn't pitched once. And so we're sorry, but we have no choice. If we don't keep playing you, you know, we can't pay the bills. But they're not your bills to pay. They're the foundation's bill to pay. They're responsible. There's so much politics. There's so much misinformation, unfortunately. And a lot of innocent people have been victimized, including managers, program directors, producers. So I let them know that I cannot do any more and they're not to offer any more of my premiums enough. And that if things cannot change, then I've got to say goodbye. Uh, and because the environment's just too toxic. I left KPFK eight years ago after 33 years on the air raising money, helping bring in the biggest audience, dealing with the most important issues because of the internecine conflicts and the hate. I didn't want to be a part of that in that environment. I did the same thing with PFW in Washington, D.C. And now I'm sorry to say I got to do the same thing with BAI at a time when they're under siege. Can they survive? Only if there's a different approach. If they go in that different approach, I'll be back. If not, then they will have created their own future. And by the way, it also helps if you promise people to give them a salary and they're working 40 hours a week on your behalf for 48 years. Maybe I'll honor that. Not once. Not once. So it's a different day. It's a different time. And we require different mindsets. The audience, you've been spectacular. Many of the people historically in management, you've been great under terrible odds because you're dealing with people who don't like you because of your politics, not because you're not good at what you do. 
And that's not an enviable position to be in, and most people in a workplace would leave that environment. That's unfortunate. But we're out of time for BAI, and we're going to take some calls now. Let's say hello to Adam. And by the way, you can still listen to me because I'm not going anywhere. I'm doing my show every day, but just on PRN. Let me give you the live number. You can call in and listen. All right? 631. Please write this down. 631-359-9463. 631-359-9463. That's our archive number. I'm sorry. Our live number is 641 793 7091 7 excuse me 641 793 7091 you just pick up a telephone you call that number there's no ads you can listen to the show every day if you got a computer go to prn.live as you should tonight got a really strong show tonight on censorship and uh, and you can listen but there'll be those who don't want to write it down want to continue listening and I want you to continue listening to whoever takes my place I wish them only the best, and uh, and I hope that you continue to support BAI with or without a premium, ideally without a premium, and that way, whatever you can contribute to the station, it will help them. I will continue to contribute to the station. I'll continue to you know, donate some books and things to help it. I've done that already. Tens of thousands of donations I've given to the station, plus paying bills, never getting those paid back, but that's what it's been. Let's say hello to Adam. Hi, Adam. Your turn. Hey, Gary. How are you? We're on the air. How you doing, Gary? I just, I'm a father. I have a five-year-old daughter and a four-year-old son. And the vaccine, vaccine status is an issue with them attending school in New York State. Um, you're kind of forced to homeschool your children if, if there's not you don't have the records and you're not willing to vaccinate. Do you have any recommendations as far as schooling or just what, what's your opinion really? Like having the local taking away the exemption, the religious well, exemption I actually, I, I actually think it's a benefit because homeschooling now is being done in a different way than historically. Homeschooling is that their teachers really good educators who didn't want to get vaccinated, didn't want to go to the woke curriculum or face the wrath of their unions. And as a result, they're teaching homeschooling by Zoom and to people all over the country simultaneously. They'll have classes and they're different teachers on different topics. So you could have homeschooling on math, on history, on civics, whatever the topic may be. And that way you get the benefit of your child being taught by professional teachers, but who are more educated about what a real education represents. And that way it takes the pressure off the parents, but then the parents could also sit on many of these classes and make sure that their their child is paying attention. Otherwise, I would move because the health and welfare of my children are more important than the inconvenience me having to find a better place to live, especially as expensive as New York is. Right now, you would have to earn $150,000 income per year to afford a very uh, small apartment in New York City or its five boroughs. Well, who's got that kind of money? And so 
it's time to look around at the wonderful places in this country. That would exclude St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit. Um, it would exclude Camden, Compton, Philadelphia, Newark, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Atlanta, L.A., and San Francisco. But that still leaves you thousands of wonderful communities to live in where you have quality of life and you don't have mandates where people want to control your actions and take away your freedom of choice. So you see, there's also something good that can come from this if you approach it with an open mind of an opportunity to start over. Much like the person recovers from a heart attack and they're 300 pounds, then they have an opportunity to realize that heart attack was caused in part because they're being overweight, morbidly obese. So sometimes it makes us uncomfortable to want to change. We want the benefits to change, but we don't want to change. So embrace change in a positive way. Your kids would get a better education if they were in a, rather than being in a classroom. And they're not wearing the mask that the kid in the classroom have to wear, which depreciates their oxygen level from a 21 to about 19% and increase their carbon dioxide level, which can lead to all forms of neurological problems. So you've got a lot of advantages. In fact, if anything, if you or your children have been excluded because of not being vaccinated, then you don't have those white clots growing in your body. You're not susceptible to that cardiomyelitis, myocarditis, um, and Guillain-Barre syndrome, and stroke. You see, there are a lot of advantages, even as the excluded, the other, in our society. Thanks for your call, Adam. We're out of time, everyone. Thank you all for listening and watching, and have a nice day.